Bossier's 88.9 The Impact one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's exposure. Good evening. Welcome to the Impact Movie Chat, the penultimate edition of the Impact Movie Chat. My name is Brad Brooks. Thanks for joining us here on 89FM, the Impact MSU student-run radio. As I said, my name is Brad Brooks. Over the next hour, it's all movies, all talk, all live. You're listening here at 89FM, the Impact MSU student-run radio. And each weekday night, we do the exposure, hour of live talk radio. It's Thursday. It is time for the Impact Movie Chat. Uh, any questions, concerns, comments uh, concerning film, if you want your voice to be heard, you've seen a movie we're talking about, you saw the latest Star Wars and you want to riff on it, give us a call. Let your opinion be heard. It's area code 517-432-3893. is that number tonight. It's an excellent show. We are one away from the final Impact Movie Chat. Next week should be awesome. But tonight... I've got an excellent panel, as always, and we're rock- we're locked and loaded. I think this is going to be a good show. we got a lot of reviews, a good topic, and um, i got an iBook in front of me. So if there's any questions that we have that uh, we can't answer, I can always look it up. All right, let's introduce the panel. i got Dan Messina with me, as always. Dan, how you doing? I'm good. I actually prefer to be called the penultimate Dan Messina. Penultimate actually. Dan Messina. I think Messina. That, that, would, that would fit me better. But Dan the Plan wants to be known as... Uh, the next Penult- to last. Yeah, the next to last. <laughs> For everyone. Yeah. There will be one next, more. Next, the next to last. Um, yeah. Dan Messina. I'm doing great. No, that's good. I like that shirt. All right, let's move on to my right-hand man. He's with us since the beginning, the inception, the Reverend Phil. Phil, how you doing? I'm all right. Reverend, you're looking good? Oh, thank looking you. Looking healthy? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to give a, a shout-out to uh, Frank Gorshin. Just passed away. Um, played the, Rivel- the Riddler on TV's Batman series. Big fan of that character and the the actor. So great, great. I, I hadn't heard about his death. I mean, I had. It's not great that he died. Yeah, yeah. I haven't heard about. It, but the, his Riddler is, is excellent. It's fun. Yeah, awesome. Incredibly great camping kitsch. Delicious. Reverend, always good to have you. And I like to call him my left hand man, the Keister. Andy Keister, how you doing, Andy? I'm doing great. Thanks. Always clad in his leather jacket, looking cool. It's it's my lucky jacket. Lucky jacket. And it's also kind of chilly in here, so the studio yeah. is kind of cold. Yeah, but that's all right. We'll but get, here I am, nonetheless. We'll, yeah, you're always struggling through. <laughs> Keep hope alive. All right, you're listening to Impact Movie Chat, as I said. That means we're talking about movies. Everything that's concerning film, that's what we're talking about here on the Impact Movie Chat. Questions, concerns, comments, you've seen something, you want our opinion on it, give us a call, 432-3893. You've seen one of the films that we have are talking about, give us a call, 432-3893. We'd love to hear your review. Um, and also, we're going to have a topic later on. One of our, As we count down to the final show, we're bringing back some of our favorite topics of all time. Later on, we're going to really delve into movies you love but everyone else hates slash movies you hate that everyone else loves. These are those films that hit or miss, you love them or hate them, and everyone, it seems like, has the opposite opinion. You know, for me, it would be the Shrek films. <laughs> I hate Shrek 1 and 2. And I don't think any of the panelists are with me in their love of it. But the fact that America eats Shrek 1 and 2 up with the spoon really annoys me, and it gets on my nerves. So that's what we're talking about. Movies you love that everyone hates. Movies you hate that everyone loves. We'll talk more about that later on. Just want to give you the heads up. We've got a lot of great reviews tonight. House of Wax, Unleashed, Mindhunters, and Kingdom of Heaven, all promised for you this week. And, of course, last night at midnight, well, today at midnight, I guess you can call it that, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith hit the theaters. 
Dan and I will have our reviews of that in the second half of the show. You're listening to the Impact Movie Chat. Phone lines are open 432-3893. You can also log on to our excellent website, uh, our excellent message board at the Impact website. That URL is www.impact89fm.org. Look on message boards. You'll find it at the bottom. It's awesome. And uh, continue to post. Sounds good to me. Gentlemen, we usually kick off the show with the Reverend's News. Reverend. Yeah. Do you have anything for us tonight? Uh, I just have one little bit tonight All right. that I thought was kind of cute and awesome. Uh, there's this director who hasn't made a movie in quite a while uh, named Bruce Robinson, and he's making a new movie. And, and let uh, everyone know who Bruce Robinson he, is. Uh, he did three movies that you've probably never heard of or seen. Um, we should. But you should. But you should, yeah. Uh, How to Get Ahead in Advertising, uh, With Nail and I... And Jennifer Eight, and this will be the fourth film from Bruce <laughs> Robinson. In probably what about thirty years? I think Jennifer Eight was like ninety two. So think, uh, quite the other a two while. in the mid to late eighties. Yeah. Right? So he's we're looking at about twenty years. Yeah, it's okay. been a while. Yeah, it seems um, and, Yeah, it's going to be an adaptation of the Rum Diaries uh, by uh, Hunter S. Thompson. And it's starring Johnny Depp, basically Johnny Depp reprising his role from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, essentially. And Benicio del Toro is also in it. And uh, yeah, so this is an interesting project. Uh, originally, Benicio was to direct, correct? Y- yes. Yeah. And it's just been kind of banded about Hollywood for the last few years. Yeah, they were talking to a few different directors, and finally, and apparently, Johnny Depp's been trying to work with. Um, with Bruce for quite a while, a number of years on different projects, and so they're finally going to be working together. It's all because of Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. Curse of the Black Pearl. Well, probably <laughs> every everything that happens good in Johnny Depp's career now will be attributed to that. Yes, and I'll continue that that rumor. Sounds good to me. All right, anything else for me, Reverend? Nope. Short nope. and sweet, but good nonetheless. Thank you, Reverend. Uh, we have a caller on the line. I just want to remind you, you're listening to the Impact Movie Chat. Caller, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? Hey, doing all right. Hey, uh, calling about a movie a little bit out of date, but thought you guys might uh, recommend others of the same type. I saw Van Helsing for the first time, and what didn't expect a lot, but thought it was a pretty slick film. Are there any? Oh, other- hold on, hold on. I'm so, well. Wait, wait one second. So you, I just want to make sure I'm correct on this. You saw Van Helsing recently. It came out last year, and you thought it was pretty slick. Yeah. And, and you're looking for other films just like it. Uh, yeah, the same genre. I, I that, all right, all right. Hold on one second. I'm sorry. I'm 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 not even gonna go to the panelists. That movie is horrible. That movie we 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 used that as a litmus test last summer to find out what is truly bad and what's just kind of bad. We actually coined Alex Down, who was a longtime member of the panel, coined watchable because Van Helsing is unwatchable. Thank you for giving us your call. You have a good night. Take care. No, 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 Dan. I see you I raising your hand. No, hold on. I'll let you say your something or something. But I am not. We will not. Like, I'll let you know. Penultimate show next week is our last one. Guess who's deciding to get a little sassy? Not. No guff will be taken. We will not suffer fools on this show. If you like Van Helsing, don't give us a call. I'm just gonna put that out there. That movie is is unwatchable. It's not even, and I guess if you want to take it a camp aesthetic, it's 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 so bad, it's good. If you want to try to look at it with a skewed eye, and try to find the deliciousness of how bad it is, and we talked a few weeks ago, so bad it's good. And that that does exist. Point Break 
is the was one of the best worst movies of all time. But Van Helsing is not even in that category. That movie is just horrible, and if you like it, you should be ashamed of yourself. And not call us. Thank you. Dan, go no, ahead. No, no, no. I, I agree with you on all Thank that. you. I, 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 I want to hear that. I want to hear that first. I can see you were hesitant. Because I'll kick you right off, you too. You were thinking, Dan looks like he wants to say something positive about this movie. I don't. I was a little but worried. I, I was going to just make a bit of an analogy. It's it's hard to, to give a recommendation for a for a, a film that is is unwatchable, you yeah. know, it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like somebody saying, you know, I like the taste of, of vomit. You know, could you recommend <laughs> like maybe like another kind of vomit, another or but another I, another substance that, that's similar? Like, I mean, do, I know you don't like it, but like I don't. Do you think <laughs> yeah. you could like recommend some other kind that like maybe I'd, I'd be into? Yeah, or? something as gross as that. Sure, but perfectly, you know, but, in but the same of realm. a similar aesthetic. I, yeah. I have trouble comparing aesthetics of vomit. You know, yes. whereas yeah, I agree. So maybe I'm I was I was harsh. And maybe I'll apologize. And the answer to that is actually no, I won't. <laughs> Reverend. Starting to get sassy bread. I think you're just cranking it up to 11. I, 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 <laughs> nice. I would actually, I, w- I will put a movie out there. Okay. If that's okay. That's fine. Monster Squad. This is a movie from the 80s that features all the classic Universal monsters, and it has kids battling them. <laughs> much, much better movie, in my opinion. Much more entertaining. Same concept. Monster Squad. Well, Monster Squad, it has this beautiful, horrible... <laughs> I, I love Monster Squad. It's so I, bad, I really it's good. That's, that's the thing. I, they're different, though, you know? It's, Monster yes. Squad is really... It's charming in that one way that Van Helsing is not. There's yeah. nothing charming about Van Helsing. Yeah, that's it's, the thing. Is in, in Monster Squad, you get the sense that the people who made it really love the old Universal Monster movies. And maybe Steven Somers does, but he completely bastardizes every the single movies. one yeah and for someone who likes van helsing you can't say well watch the original you know mummy and frankenstein and go back and look at the creature from the black lagoon and, and go look at those old films from that from universal and from the like there's no reason to tell that person that because they're it's not even they're not even the same genre anymore yeah. when you look at them they're, they're so far removed that they're not even the same type of pictures even close to it well, and I defy anybody to, to really like to, to not crack a smile when when the chubby kid you know uh, cocks the shotgun and proclaims that his name is Horace. <laughs> that's beautiful, you know. That's, there is no moment like it's that. A tear, in it's, it's, it's you know that's it's 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 almost like at the end of Point Break. He's not coming back. It just, it just makes you cry and leap inside, oh, and so happy. You're listening to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89 FM, the Impact MSU Student Run Radio, the future of movies. Uh, give us a call. Our phone lines are always open at 432-3893, um, Give us a call. If you have questions, concerns, comments, if you've seen one of the films we're talking about and you want your opinion to be heard, we've got it wrong, let us know, as long as it's not Van Helsing. Apparently that's that's the caveat for tonight. If it's <laughs> or, or, there, there or the Saints. Or, uh... or the Saints. And, yeah. Yeah. and by that I mean the Boondock Saints, which... I'm very happy there's a film that just came out. I don't know if I mentioned it last week. I've I've heard it. I think I've mentioned it on the show before. Yeah, Overnight. Yeah. By uh, about, uh, is it Troy, Troy Duffy? Duffy? It's a documentary completely covering, like, his rise and fall. Mm-hmm. Is And it's not even a fall. It's just like a burnout because he had one movie and nobody cares. But, yes, don't mention The Saints either. But give us a call. <laughs> there's something else movie-related. Unless you want to trash The Saints. We're all about that. Even that is just tiresome now. It makes me – it's like – yeah, same not, stuff. Not, not to me. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> Feel free to give us a call. 432-3893. 432-3893. As I said earlier, the topic for the night, which we'll get into a little bit later on, so you put your thinking caps on, is movies you love that everyone hates, movies you hate 
everyone loves. There are those films that you either love or hate, and for some reason, the, every, the general consensus is the complete opposite, and all it does is burn a hole through your soul. That it upsets you to your very core. That why can, does all of America love Driving Miss Daisy? Why, America, why? That's the kind of film we're talking about. We'll save those a little bit later, but feel free to give us a call. 432-3893-432-3893. Give us a call. You're listening to the Impact Movie Chat. All right, we've already done the Reverend's News. Let's move on into our review section. We've got quite a few movies to do over, and I'm going to kick it over to Andy right here. Um, just to kick off Kingdom of Heaven. Now, you unfortunately were not with us last weekend. I was not. I was a little sad, because I was dying. I was jonesing. For the for the Keast review. Now, did anybody else on the panel review the movie? Okay, you didn't review it last week. Oh, review it? No, no, I, I no, saw it. No, and Dan Dan saw it, so I'll get to you right, in a second. Is, right. Okay. But so no one reviewed still... it. I I think I made a mention. I talked to you. You said you weren't going to be on, but you said a little nugget for me, right. and I I kept saved that nugget. I savored it, and I I think I mentioned it on the air. But Ridley Scott is your boy. Right. He directed Kingdom of Heaven. Right. The Crusade film starring Orlando Bloom, Liam right. Neeson, and such. You saw it. Right. Hit me one time. All right, short and sweet. Uh, the script is it's it's got its uh, you know peaks and valleys. Um, parts of the movie are really ridiculous. Other parts I thought were great. In fact, so in general, just a mediocre script. But I thought the directing, editing, photography, all the rest of it was top notch. Really top okay. drawer. Really. So this is this is not Troy. This is not Alexander. Oh, it's way better than Troy. Way better than Troy. That's and, what they should have put on. A lot the, better than Alexander. That's that. <laughs> and honestly, that's what should have been on the poster. From the director of from director Ridley Scott, much better than Troy, <laughs> hell of a lot better than Alexander, and that would have sold me on it. And if only they had done that. And also, I mean, because it's a movie about the Crusades, so it remains topical. I mean, it's a war that's oh, been yeah. fought for millennia, really. And uh, you know, there's some, there's a few inspiring speeches before and after battles and that sort of thing. But it's not too heavy-handed, I thought, okay. and uh, actually fairly intelligent for you know, given its given its subject. For so. for being an action adventure, right? For, film. Just, for just being, you know, if for just being a large scale Hollywood epic, you know, you could, you could, you could do a lot worse. Okay, so. all right. I'm glad to hear that. Dad, is Andy wrong? <laughs> I think I think Andy is. I disagree with his views on the script, and that I think the script is horrible. Um, I I think it's uh, like a really poor man Shakespeare wannabe kind of a script, and uh, I but think it really isn't everything. A poor man's Shakespeare wannabe script. It's funny you should ask that. No. <laughs> okay. But this this is I, I I've thought about it and and larger than life epic movies like this at least I think can can work especially when they I guess tie in the idea of of destiny and whatnot when there, when there is to me like a mysticism tied into it like I think it works well with uh, with all three Star Wars movies. Um, there are only three and. Uh, and with uh, Lord of the Rings movies and uh, and things like that, I, I I can deal with it there. I, I I didn't like it in this, and and I'll agree. I think the direction was fine. I think the the photography, all that, was uh, fine. But I I really disliked this script. It really it just didn't. The characters were just so trite. They were so flat. They were either just completely good or completely evil. And I I just I didn't really like any of them. And uh, but again, really, there was nothing against the acting really mm-hmm. either. Though it was, I just I really disliked the script. Uh, the movie was 
watchable, but I didn't particularly enjoy it. Okay, it's just just too much to overcome from a bad script. But I had some cool fight scenes and some cool big things going on. But I I just I didn't like the script. All right, Andy, did you want to? I don't know. Maybe it's my my own personal bias coming into play. I've never seen a Ridley Scott movie that was badly cast or badly acted, and I'll stand by that. So that sounds. I, I'll, it just I, maybe. I mean, it just might be personal taste coming in. Running, running through his There's filmography, I, I can agree with that. He at least he at least casts and and deal with his uh, actors very well. So I think you're right on that. All right. So conflicting opinions on Kingdom of Heaven. I think you probably would both agree that if you're going to see it, the theater is the place. Oh, yeah. For the yeah. sound, for the picture. Sure. So if you're if you're wishy washy, it's really not going to fly on dvd so that is kingdom of heaven it's the latest from ridley scott it's in theaters as we speak um speak i was like we talked about last week i we, we were i've saved it till this week house of wax we got we had a good conversation last week i thought about was, house of wax no no just, just in general the, the <laughs> oh, show flew by yeah. really quick we had a good conversation i promised a house of wax review from the reverend mm-hmm. our expert on horror oh Wow. Yeah. I like you I think either you or uh Dave called me a master of horror one time. I think which, I called you master of horror. Which I thought was kind of awesome. I'm, I'm you know it's it's the same. You're the master of horror on the show. <laughs> Word. Easy. And House of Wax is a horror movie. Yes, this I is true. I talked it up, but unfortunately we didn't have time. I said everyone we're going to save it to next week. No one has gone out and seen the film other than you. Yeah. So, and I like it that way. I don't want <laughs> I don't want Dan or Andy or even myself to have like our petty little opinion. I want the master of horror and the master of horror alone. <laughs> So, Reverend, House of Wax. House of Wax. How bad was it? How bad was it? <laughs> yeah, um, House of Wax is the second remake of Mystery of the Wax Museum, which is a really good movie. Uh, and there was the first remake was called House of Wax and starred Vincent Price and uh, Charles Bronson. I've heard All, of that. Yes. Also a really good movie. Okay. Uh, one of the first big uh, 3D films. Got to love 3D. Yep. Captain Neo. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> Michael Jackson. Nice. Yep. Um, and so this is the the uh, third in the series, so to speak, loose series. Uh, has almost no connection to the first two films at all. It's basically they turned they took the plot of a crazy wax museum and mixed it with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Awesome. You know, so the setup is <laughs> really bad. Sounds sounds. You know, horrible. it's like oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, the characters are not very interesting. Uh, the first half hour or so, or 40 minutes, is pretty slow. And then the director turns the rawness scale up to 11. And the movie gets insanely raw. So it gets mad points for me for rawness. The kills are all really good. Okay. <laughs> really raw. Which which means a lot to the Reverend. I yeah. Mean, we have to say this. When it comes down to it, script, acting, especially in the horror genre, mm-hmm. Not necessarily as important as rawness. Right. Or as I like to call the rawitude. Right. Okay. Like, you know, I loved the first Scream movie, but that started this trend of having all these horror films where the kills were really weak and, you know, you didn't see them that much. This thing, oh, goodness. Throw that out the yeah, door. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, crazy raw. Uh, and also, like, the last half hour 20 minutes of the movie is genuinely great like the the actual climate wow. the climax of the movie is awesome i was uh knocked off my feet by the end of the ending of this film it was really really good knocked 
Off <laughs> his feet, he said. All right, continue. Which uh, I think, I, I, I think is, you're blowing me away right here. I'm not going to see this movie, so <laughs> I don't really care. But from the master of horror, it knocked off his feet is huge. Brad, it, honestly, it might be a rental. It might be a rental. Like the first, it, the first forty minutes hurt me, but the ending. I think balanced it out at least. It saves but, itself. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, I'd say overall positive. If you're if you're wow. a horror fan, yes, definitely, Beautiful. it's entertaining. If not a hardcore horror fan, meh. You know, it still still might be, be a good time. It might be a good date movie or something like that. So so of the like 200 movies I'm going to rent this year, <laughs> I'm going to save three to be horror. Mm-hmm. This is one of them. I, you're, you're, that's what you're saying to me. You're recommending that to me. If you want to see something new that's horror, then yeah. Wow, it'd be in there. That's that's bold. Yeah. I was not. I honestly was expecting a, at most a cute. I was expecting a cute. <laughs> I was expecting it was cute. Had this. These were the problems. I liked it. It was cute. I was I, expecting, but knocked off my feet. I don't. I don't want to. Well, let me be be clear. Not knocked off my feet by the movie. Knocked off my by the, feet by, by the, the ending. Okay, by the ending and the rawness. But overall, overall, the movie's like, meh, you know, like better than average. But with certain genres, it's all about how they they finish off. Mm-hmm. It's if you can start as weak, and you know, first two thirds of the movie can be nearly unwatchable. Mm-hmm. But if they end strong, it can make the experience completely worthwhile. Yeah. So this and, is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say something even more bold. Oh no! Because I, uh, I got I I, yeah, yeah. I get the mental image. But go ahead. <laughs> That's what we're doing today. Uh, yeah. Paris Hilton, not bad. Paris Hilton, not bad. Which uh, I don't think I've heard anyone say in any review of the movie, no. even positively. I thought she was pretty good. People who aren't even reviewing this movie are writing about how she stinks in this movie. <laughs> now, to be fair, I like non-actors in movies because I, I don't think that they emote as ridiculously as actual actors, but I thought she was pretty good in it. I liked her performance. And now that you mention this, I'm starting to think of a movie that I was I took to you. I took you to uh-huh. a couple years ago. Which this is reminding me of. It. I'm starting to get flashbacks, and I definitely want to stay away from House of Wax now. Possibly oh, no. <laughs> because of two words, Cabin Fever. Ooh. Because you love that movie. Well, You d- love the character. You yeah. love the acting. That's true. And I hate that movie more than anything. <laughs> but completely different kind of film. Okay, so I, I still might enjoy this. Different movie. This All is right. much more slick and well, well-made, quote-unquote. All right. So for, <laughs> It's a real film. So if you love the genre, you got to see this. And even if you're not a biggest fan and you're looking for something that somewhat raw ends well. Exactly. House of Wax is for you then. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Thank you. Master yeah. Report. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> we're continuing the reviews here on the Impact Movie Chat. If you've seen any of the movies that we're talking about and you want your opinion to be heard, give us a call. 432 Um, Argue with us. Let your opinion be heard. If it's contrary to what we're thinking... Let us know. If you believe the same way and you think people should, you know, shout it from the rooftops at House of Wax is Raw. Give us a call, 432-3893. Questions, concerns, comments. We, we take care of everything. We do everything here on the show. 432-3893. Once again, we're talking about, later on we'll be talking about films you love that everyone hates, films you hate that everyone's love. That's a little bit later on. We're going to continue the reviews right now. Hand it over to uh, Dan right now. Okay. Because uh, Dan and Phil were able to check out Unleashed. Yes. Uh, the latest film starring Jet Li. That's also starring uh, Morgan Freeman, Bob Hoskins, and other people. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of remind this is about uh, a, a guy named Danny, Jet Li, who's it's trained just... from birth to be like a dog, to but be a, a pit fighting like, like a killer. champion, a killer. That's right. And he has a leash. He, uh, he has a collar, actually, collar, yes. really. 
and uh, yeah, whenever the collar is on, he uh, he won't fight and kill people. He's been and, trained. And once once uh, Bob Hoskins takes it off and and says sick him or you know kill that person, then he goes and does that. And uh, that's 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 who he is. But he uh, he ends up uh, somehow um, not being around uh, Bob Hoskins and that crew, and ending up with uh, Morgan Freeman, who plays a blind piano tuner. Okay. And uh, living with he and his stepdaughter, and uh, kind of maybe kind of discover discovers himself a little bit more, and uh, and then uh, lots of story, uh, really. chaos and fighting ensues. Okay. And uh, that's kind of the uh, the gist of the movie. I All guess. right. So that's that's the gist of the movie. Yeah. How was it? I enjoyed it. He enjoyed it. I okay. did. You know, it really. Uh, it's uh, it's it's Luke Luke Besson. Is Luke Besson wrote this. He's it, he's known for professional um, mm-hmm. La Femme Nikita. Uh, fifth and, element, and it really it has that same almost a dorky over the top um, aesthetic to it, but I, I I liked it. I thought it was okay. I thought it was a fun movie. The fight scenes I thought were were really good. Honestly, I thought those were those as were good a lot as of fun. Kiss of the Dragon. I uh, never caught Kiss Ooh, of the Dragon, no, that's unfortunately. A, that's unfortunate. But uh, that's another uh, Jet Li Luke Besson collaboration. That's uh, that's too bad. But um, <laughs> but. Uh, but um, no, I I mean it was it, again. There's there's a real a dorkiness to the movie though. I I don't like specifically with the stepdaughter character and her relationship with Jet Li is just kind of kind of dumb. But I mean I ultimately I I thought the movie was very charming and I thought the fight scenes were really cool and ultimately I I enjoyed it. Does this does this film have four sexual chemistry between Jet Li and and an actress? I don't know if I'd. Quite, I, I don't think it was. Well, there was a little bit. There was a it little was, bit. It was. A, it wasn't as Romeo must die as we would expect. Right. Okay. Just wondering, because it's always forced, and but it's. I'm, but I'm curious to hear what the reverend. Uh, reverend say about also, this. check this out. And I know you said next last week. Yeah. I'm watching this movie. Oh, I've been looking forward to this yeah. for a long time. Jones and on it. Um, awesome. Awesome. In one word, awesome. Uh, definitely a reverend movie. Loved, loved the hell out of it. Loved, um, loved it. He says. It's it's my uh, you know eternal sunshine. It's like oh mark, wow. Not, I'm not saying it just in terms of mark it down. It's going to be one of my favorite movies of the year. I love easily. that when that happens. Okay, yeah. that's great. Um, I think you know it's a movie that a lot of people would like, even people who aren't into kung fu. And actually, uh, I think a lot of people who go into it expecting like nonstop action are going to be. Like, hey, there's a 40-minute stretch sure. where there's no fighting. But I loved all of that stuff, too. Like, I thought, I mean, you say, you know, dumb or, or well, whatever. But not I, in a bad way, though. I mean, it, I, it's kind of like a kind of a, almost a dorky, over-the-top way to the characters. But it's, I don't mean it in, in a bad way. I, I really I found it charming. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I would put it in as cute. Like, I think it's cute. I thought it, I thought I really liked the characters. I was really interested in it. I thought the acting was really good. Script was really good. Direction was really good, which amazed me because it's the guy who did the transporter, which yeah. I thought was terrible. And it, it was really well made. Um, Bob Hoskins was awesome in that movie. Uh, it's not the kind of movie that would ever get any Academy Award nominations, but I loved him in that movie. Um, and I, I guess I have to say something about Jet Li's fighting style in that film, too, because I don't think we talked about this before you... I haven't talked to you since you've oh. seen it, but um, if a kung fu per- person's version of method sort of is to come up with a new style of fighting for a movie, so he he comes up with this, 
it's like what what would a person fight like if all they knew was you know like they were a dog basically and it's really interesting. It's okay. it's like almost like you have to see it because it's not – he doesn't fight like any other Jet Li movie. Basically, he just runs at someone and pummels them to death. It's really raw. Yeah, it's it really, really raw. Is. Oh, it's, 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 it's great. It's... Yeah. There's, yeah, and that's the thing. There's, there's a long stretches where there's no fighting, but when it gets to the fight scene – Huge payoff because all the fight scenes are awesome. There's a, there's a moment near the end when you see like all these punks running into the building, uh-huh. and you just you know it's coming. Like, you're just like salivating, you know. You're just like, wow, he's gonna be fighting like 20 people, and they all have like spiked mohawks, and they look really crazy, and this is gonna be great. And that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. So I'm a little surprised with this. This is actually you guys are selling me on this movie. This is not my kind of film. Might even be a Brad movie. We'll might see. even be a Brad movie. Might I, not be. Might not be a Brad movie, but you might like it. Okay. And, and you're selling me on this a little more, Andy. Are you feeling this at all? I mean, I'm kind of getting the vibe that maybe I haven't seen it, but I'm down. Yeah, I think that's what we'll do Saturday night. Yeah, I, I never, I never told anyone. No, I won't specifically not go see it. I I've think been, I told I've people kinda, I wouldn't see it. <laughs> I might have actually spoken those words, but I will say, after listening to these two guys, you know, kind of just, you know, just love on it. It sounds a little more interesting. Right, there might be right. something more to it. It's. You know, Luke, and it's written by Luke Besson. And I you mean, know, love him or hate him. I, I love The Professional, um, and I love La Femme Nikita. Fifth Element's fun. But, you know, and that, those are just some of the things. But he, he wrote The Transporter. He wrote, you know, um, Kiss of the Dragon. Kiss of the which Dragon. Is pretty bad. Which is pretty bad. And yeah. so this, I was thinking just Kiss of the Dragon Part 2. And, but if there's a little, it's, the style's a little bit different. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'm a, I'm a little interested in this one. Okay, guys. Excellent. That is Unleashed, starring Jet Li, Bob Hoskins, and Morgan Freeman. It's out right now. And for a final review, it's all to the Reverend. Um, this final, is mo- final review before the big one. Before the big one. Well, it's a review preview, <laughs> as we always do. Um, Mindhunters. Yeah. The Rennie Harlan film. Yeah. We, we call Rennie Harlan, like, you know, he's a bit of a poor man's, you know, Verhoeven. He's delicious. <laughs> uh, he, is, he is so bad it's good. Um, his, his entire filmography is so bad it's awesome. Um, this is a film that's been in the works slash in the can it's been finished for about almost two years, and they just haven't figured out how to bring it out. What is Mindhunters? What is it about, quickly? Um, Mindhunters is the cool name that they give the FBI agents who are specifically trained to hunt down serial killers. Okay, it already sounds stupid. Continue. <laughs> Take that plot, combine it with uh, Agatha Christie's uh, Ten Little Indians. All right. You know, a bunch of people trapped in a small area. One of them is a killer. Which one is it? And uh, that's the movie, basically. How did it play to you? Terrible. Terrible. Not fun. Not fun. Bad. Um, bad. Bad. It's bad. Helsing. It, bad. I believe it was a Dimension film or a Miramax film. So sitting on the shelf in that case is not necessarily uh, a sign of quality. No, because Hero sat on the shelf for a while. Yeah, it was. It was a Miramax a movie. film. Yeah, and it, it kind of got lost up because Miramax had to readjust and had to fire a lot of staff, pretty much. Yeah, and they couldn't. They couldn't figure. They didn't have any stuff to say. Hey, put this movie out. That's yeah. why it sat around. In this case, though, um, you know, if I was a producer or something, I would just say, don't even bother releasing it in theaters. Just straight to video. I, maybe they're waiting for LL Cool J to make a big hit film or something. Open to, to ride the <laughs> ride the tail end of that. But now it's it. The kills actually are pretty raw in the movie, but they're just horribly done and um, all uh, all CG kills basically, oh. which look really dumb. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, yeah, very, very bad. I mean, cool things like uh, people melting 
you know, like that's kind of cool, but it's yeah. done with computer graphics, so it looks stupid. No, they should they should melt the yeah. actor. Yeah, exactly. I say in real life. <laughs> no, or go to you... a country where you can do that sort of thing, <laughs> <laughs> like Colombia. I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing you can Filming do that. Was in done in Paraguay. <laughs> yeah, so I imagine Latin America. Um, so just just weak and sad overall. Yes, it's, it's but it's uh, were you, how much were you expecting out of this film? I was ex- I was I wasn't expecting much, but I was expecting it to be better. Because you would hope it would at least be like a long kiss goodnight, or you know. Yeah, and I wasn't even expecting it to be that good. Yeah, it was just it was like uh, it was that just was, boring. That's a great movie. Yeah, but Mindhunters is not it. So unfortunately, Mindhunters not good. You're listening to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89 FM. The Impact. Uh, we're talking about House of Wax, Unleashed, Mindhunters, and Kingdom of Heaven. If you've seen any of these films, and you want to let us know how you felt about it, let your voice be heard. Phone lines are always open, 432-3893. Always dealing with the questions, concerns, comments, 432-3893. We're also going to move in just a moment to uh, Dan and myself, uh, our review of Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith at uh, midnight. Uh, I guess that would be today. It uh, hit, and uh, we were able to check it out. And uh, it's going across the nation. They expect it to be a... A giant film, I would imagine, probably one of the most popular films of the summer, and at a much-needed time because the box office is way down, um, and that only really matters because the industry runs around money. Sadly enough, not about art, not really about entertaining you, but about just making gobs and gobs of money. Throw your money away to the studios, people. Um, so let's move into it. Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Um, this is the final prequel, and America rejoiced. Um, George Lucas has finally finished his prequel trilogy, which tells episodes one through three. The backstory to the classic and wonderful Star Wars trilogy, uh, episodes four through six, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Uh, directed by Lucas, probably a mistake. Brings back all of the main cast once again. I checked this out, and the reviews for this, just to kind of get it, were very much, they ran the gamut uh, from people... Um, uh, from you know, the Washington Post and the New York Times that loved this best of the series to the LA Times worst film ever just and then people middling and I think that's where Dan and I might be but Dan you checked it out recently yeah I uh, and like, your first and, and it's this is the kind of film that I almost want to say you need some time to let it sit because I I mean I, with all the other prequels I think I spent the entire summer that episode one coming out came out telling myself that it was awesome. Well, you know what's interesting with uh, with this with with episode one, you're you're coming off of episodes four, five, and six, which most people really enjoy. They're so, awesome. So you're really yeah. So so you're really looking forward to like what's the next I thing hope. he's gonna do, and then you're hit with episode one, which is a train wreck. And I think by the time you get to episode three, because I, I I don't think. I don't think two is that great either. I don't no. think it's as bad as one, but I think it's it's got some very very bad scenes. Yeah, that I mean, really Yoda make doing the long. flips and the fighting. The and... force factory is bad, but anyway. But anyway, so but I think by the time you get to three, you've really lowered your expectations. Oh, the bar is you can step over it. There's no <laughs> I mean, jumping. Yeah, it's... you don't need a pole. You don't need a running head start. So you just can you just try not to trip over it. So that that being said, I think episode three is. Better than episodes one and two. I, I really do. I, I I was, you know, it certainly. I would say it met my expectations, honestly. Um, but I didn't think it was great. Um, and and one thing that really brought that to my attention was, and I'm 
the just the and we're gonna try our best right here. Sure, I don't want to spoil anything. Not, I don't want to. Let's just be realistic. We all know the story. Sure, and but for me as a big fan, that doesn't matter because you want it. That makes the process of how he does it even more important. Sure. The the thing I'd say the, the last the very last scene, the last image you get is is an allusion to episode four. Yeah, and uh, and and what that made me think of was man, I really love episode four. This isn't that. No. And and there was, but I, I kind of felt heart like my heart was warmed for a moment. I was like, oh yeah. Then I was like, oh, this wasn't that. This was episode three. But all said and done, it was it was decent. I, I liked Hayden Christensen more yes. in this one than I liked him in in episode uh, two. Um, I'd say I'd say not bad and uh, and enjoyable. I would I say I, I liked it. I will. I'll yeah. agree with you on that. I um. I would say it's it's probably my initial reaction is probably the best of the prequels. Yeah. But that's not saying much. Let's not. I mean, I'm not going on a limb, and you know, I'm not proclaiming it Citizen King. It's probably the best of the sequels. It's a not. It starts off fast, and it gets going. And it heats up, and it doesn't really let up. It's it's interesting. It's nice that his style is like that. Um, the script, but it's the same problems. Script, you know, it laughable at points. Uh, yeah. Dialogue. I mean, Lucas does not handle directors uh, actors very well. Um, but I did like the relationship between you know between a lot of the characters, the interpersonal relationships between. Uh, Portman and Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen, good. Uh, I thought um, McGregor, Ewan McGregor, and Christensen had good chemistry uh, as a Master and Apprentice. I mean, it's just a good thing. But I found I, I found Sam Jackson to be laughable. Yeah. Like it's it's to the and, and this is within Star Wars acting laughable. That's I mean that's that's some serious stuff there. Um, I guess I just it, it the problem with this one is as I, as we've stated, we know where the story is going. There's not going to be any surprises. There, there wasn't a single thing that I saw on screen that, I mean, that I was like, oh my goodness, they, that's what happened? Like, it's, no, it's all, it's all what you expect. You know who lives, you know who dies going into it. There's no surprises here. But what's interesting is, is this process, but the problem is his process to get you there, because there's the, the, pre, the existing trilogy ahead of it, you've gotta, he's got to take us to that point, to where that trilogy, he doesn't mess with the timeline. But he's been digging himself a hole with the first two prequels, so that now he has to devote, you know, countless scenes, lengthy periods of time, to get us to that. Mm-hmm. And so there are a lot of scenes that are just, you know, very clunky. Um, even more, and this is, I mean, and, and this is all within context of the prequels. I'm not like comparing this to Kramer versus Kramer or, or, or you know, a comedy or anything. I'm, t- I'm, I'm talking comparing it to the prequels. There are scenes that are just kind of clunky that just don't really. It's just, yeah, he has to address that, and okay, oh, that's over. Thank you. And I felt my major problem with this, my major problem with the film is he had a lot of scenes that were cooking well, cooking with gas, and it was started off well. The 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 turn to the dark side, I really for Anakin, I was I was loving, and then, but but this and and then it just kind of it just it doesn't give me it doesn't fulfill me. But his there reasons, are, I thought, were okay. Actually, I going was, into it, I, I was actually you know, quite surprised. And, yeah. then, and so there's plot points. I guess the, guess what you call the plot, works for me, on a lot of levels. It, it, it makes sense. He's finally he's just digging himself a huge two prequel hole, and he's got to do a lot of work to get us to episode four, and he does it. But the the dialogue is bad, and and there's you know the acting doesn't help out, and you know the, I will say the effects I thought were the best in this one. But it's it's like the entire film is now just one giant effect that it hurt my eyes to actually have to like try to visually take you know receive all the information and and process it. It was just too much in every scene, 
And I couldn't tell if I was looking at you know, it was out of focus or if it was just – I think it's just there's too much that's fake that I have to try to like <laughs> process. And my, my feeble human brain cannot handle it as of yet. You know, something said about uh, Sam Jackson, I, I would almost compare it to like uh, Michael Madsen in Sin City <laughs> to where he's a guy who – Sam Jackson, like Michael Madsen, can be really, really cool yeah. within a specific role. Yes. You know, but if if you take him out of that role and you you try forcing him into something yeah. else, it's awkward and it's just it's ugly. Sam, Sam Jackson is one of the master Jedi, makes Windu, and he's good because his role is limited. Because and it's, it's just in episode one, it's like Sam Jackson, because you just don't expect it, and yeah. and it's mostly because Sam Jackson wanted to be in the movies, and George is like, oh yeah, street cred, and um, <laughs> and it gets a little it get you know it gets a little strained in episode two, but you get a lot more Sam in this movie. And it's not all good. No. But I just felt like there were scenes that were, like, scenes and movements in the film in which he, you know, different themes that he's addressing. Um, A lot of the political, and these films are, you know, I'd I'd say are very political, only the fact that they deal with, like, Star Wars politics. (laughs) Not like, uh, you know, any of our real politics, uh, but... And I thought it actually handled fine. How the Emperor manipulates everything. Why Anakin turns. It all handles really well. But it just seemed like scenes that were... They had great start and good buildup, but never fully followed through. That there would be something that they would they would beat something to death. They would mention it constantly instead of allowing it to be raw. They would keep addressing it, and it just it really watered it down. Andy, now I had a I had a question and a statement. Statement will come later. Uh, I've heard through the grapevine on the internets that uh, Lucas had to hire a dialogue coach for the actors in order to get them to emote more because Lucas has said himself, quote, I don't have time to work with actors that often, as often as I used to. Now, do the, are the performances at all any better? No, 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 they're not any okay. better. They're not any better. I mean, that's, I mean, like Jimmy Schmitz from NYPD Blue and LA Law. He plays Bail Organ, has a small cameo in episode two. Horrible. Like he should be embarrassed. Like, Mace, you know, Sam Jackson should be embarrassed. I mean, I think Ewan McGregor, it's like, I mean, maybe I, he's grown on me and I'm finally, I just feel bad for him. Because, I, I mean, I guess to a degree, I feel really bad for Portman and for McGregor. These are two people who were rising stars and they signed up for these. And let's face it, when you sign up for episode one, there's nothing that says you are making a big mistake. I mean, yeah, let's face it, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher had no career of, of any res- of respect afterwards. But that doesn't really matter. These are people who had careers ahead of time, so they have that going for them. It doesn't sound like a bad idea. The person I feel best for is Liam Neeson. One and done. Got himself out of there. He was able to, you know, and he's good in episode one. But yeah, the, the, the acting is, once again, so stiff, so cardboard. And he, and when we say, like, I actually liked Hayden Christensen. He was better. But it's like he's swimming upstream. and He's swimming up a waterfall the but whole time. You know why it almost worked, though, is that he was really, he, he was playing... Anakin, and you weren't supposed to always like Anakin. He was supposed to have that almost whiny, watery-eyed kind of a look to him. Whereas in Episode Two, I just don't think that fit. It didn't. He was trying to pull off this teen angst thing. It didn't. It didn't it really didn't feel. work. Whereas this, it was more like, all right, he's kind of emotional and confused, and I think that's maybe just the way he speaks. But I, I, <laughs> I mean, but that's yeah. Honestly, if I, if I had to say McGregor, Ewan McGregor is is. It's fun. He's having a good time as Obi-Wan, but the serious aspects really don't work. Yoda's probably the best actor of them all. Um, and uh, Portman, she doesn't have much of a role, as expected, um, and she's 
She's she's bad. With her, I would say her lines were terrible. Though. She's got some of the I mean, worst dialogue she, ever. I felt bad for her because I, I, I would like listen to her lines. I'd see her trying to sell yeah. them, but they were just so bad. I, I'm just going to put it there. I she's mean, not a bad actress. She's made some bad choices. She's made some bad films, but I don't think she's a bad actress. Lucas, let's just realize, he can't write decent dialogue. He can't. He may come up with great ideas. The reason the original trilogy is awesome is because it's story by George Lucas. He comes up with the he, the, the basic plot, and then he allows, you know, Lawrence Kasdan and Lee Brackett to come in and rock us out. I mean, he he gives it to other people to do the dirty work. Well, I think the original had a charm to it, and that it was it was kind of uh, it was almost campy, and that it was very uh, radio, you know, serial drama esque, mm-hmm. you know, and it was kind of a throwback in some ways, uh, dialogue wise. Whereas these are, I think, trying to be hip, mm-hmm. more so and for the kids not, in your face. Yeah, and they're not working as much. No, and I, I just overall, yeah, that that final scene. Does make you like it, it? It's it's it it bridges the gap, but it make like broke my heart. Yeah, it was just like, and but at the end, I I have to, I'm probably the biggest Star Wars fan I know, and it was like it was like going to, it was like going to a funeral of a good friend, because it was like it's finally over, and you know, it was sad. I was like you know it's it was like oh there's no more Star Wars movies. It's too bad, but like at the same time I was like. It's done, you know. It's like a good it's friend like, who might have been like a math addict or something. Yeah, or had You're cancer. Like, uh, I it's liked like, them. It's like it's it's a good thing. It's like who had like a long battle. It's like it's a good thing they're they're in a better place now. That's how I felt. It's like these are done. It's 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 over. The suffering can stop. And, exactly. Uh, I mean, I I think it's probably the best one of, the, of them. It's it's got a good pace. It's just like build up in scenes that. And my major problem is the mirroring aspect. He's trying to mirror so many things in the previous films and the previous trilogy. And it's just, it's a little much. And that's all I'm going to get into. It just, it's, it's the kind of thing of like, I understand when you have a series and you try to mirror things, oh, this happened in one, this happened in another, and you try to do these things. Like, but it's so obvious in the movie that my mother would get them, get it. <laughs> oh, it's just like in the other, it's like, like that's a little too obvious where it no longer becomes clever. It just becomes stupid. That was another. And I, those of you wondering, yes, somebody did have a bad feeling about this. Yes, within the which movie, is great. Which, which, uh, yeah. So in all six movies, it's, it's, it's great. It's official. I'm gonna so. have a, a line of t-shirts made up of that. All right. So overall, I guess I think we're like of the same mind. That was it was good. It was we enjoyed it. We, you know, it was a fun time. Best of these three. Best of these three. Yeah. But that's not really saying much. Right. Okay. Although I will say that both your reviews are sort of they sort of fall in with the majority of critics who admired the movie, and that is it's sort of a complacent admiration. Mm-hmm. Whereas, oh, dialogue's terrible, acting was so bad, and all on and on. But I still kind of liked it. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> at that point where, and we discussed this off the air. It's at that point yeah. where, as you said, the bar is lowered so so low. Oh yeah, and it's and sad, but that's that's what happens. He's he's lulled into this like false sense of security that, but I mean, I, as and I'm I think I'm being much more pragmatic because yeah, the the summer of '99, I had convinced myself that Episode One was a really good movie, that it was like better than Jedi. After you saw it, you after I saw it, like I I had like somehow had a brain wow. aneurysm, and like I convinced <laughs> myself, and it, like only after I left the theaters did I go, actually, <laughs> that wasn't very good, yeah. and so <laughs> it's one of those things, but it should be huge. Uh, projections for are for 120 million, so the the empire is still running strong. And uh, we have another, we have a caller, caller on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? Oh, not too bad, not too bad. I um I haven't seen episode three yet, and I, I do plan to just just because good. you know. But um, 
I, I was just going to say, like, um, as you were saying, like, things that, you know, like your mother could pick up, I, I think that foreshadowing, you know, works well when it's, when it's in a movie and they foreshadow, you know, events that happen later in that movie. But I don't necessarily like it so much. Like, take, uh, take episode one, for example, and even episode two. Like, they, they foreshadow events from the original series. And uh, I, I didn't dig that so much because I thought, you know, it's like you're making, you're making a new series. And granted, it's like the prequel to, like, what we all grew up with. But at the same time, like, I don't think you necessarily need to throw in those elements. Because, like, I don't think you necessarily did that with the original series. Like, there are events, like, like for example, like, if you did, then, then that makes part of the original series even creepier. Like, like the passionate kisses between Luke and Leia. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you had actually planned out all the movies and was planning on foreshadowing events, you know, like, you probably wouldn't have thrown those scenes in because, no. you know, it was going to be revealed that Luke and Leia are actually twin sisters, or twin but, brother and sister, you know. Well, that's that's the whole thing. Lucas acts like, you know, he had, I mean, he, I, he had the general outline, but there were no Gungans. There was no Qui-Gon Jinn when he originally was writing Star Wars. That This is just things he's put in. He's he's making it up as it goes along, and but he just won't. He can't resolve that with himself. He's a he's the king of revisionist Hollywood history. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I don't necessarily have a problem. The guy can do whatever they want. I mean, they are his movies after all. But um, I I just think that the the whole foreshadowing to events that happen in episodes four through six, you know, I I don't think that's necessarily uh, could, well necessary. He could leave it out. He could leave it out, yeah. and it gets a little excessive in this one as well. Thank you for giving us a call. Hey, no problem. Have a great night, guys. All right, take care. You're listening to the Impact Movie Chat. We're winding down. To our second and last show ever, give us a call, 432-3893. Uh, we're talking about episode three. If you've seen it, give us your review. Let us know what you're thinking. Reverend, you had something to say. Yeah, uh, I was just going to say that, yeah, I, I totally agree with, it, it's weird. That was one of the first things I was thinking of after I saw episode one. It's like, does he want us to watch him four through six and then one through three? Or is it one through six? And it like it doesn't really work either way. Like, because there's a lot of things in episode one that are, that your enjoyment of depends on you having seen the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. And there's things that are ruined if you watch them one through six. Like, you see Jabba in the first movie. Yeah. And that's such a cool thing about the original trilogy is how they build up. Oh, you know, Jabba the Hutt, yeah, and then you, and then it pays off in Return of the Jedi. I think, I think a classic Hollywood moment is an Empire with Yoda. Mm-hmm. When Yoda first comes out, I mean, it's it's classic myth. It's classic, you know, uh, you know, with the mythology and with you know standard Hollywood practices. This concept that you know he his his sensei, his teacher, is someone he doesn't expect. So that scene, act those those moments play out, you know, with great comedy when he first meets him, and then, and then in, in Yoda's hut, when he the you know the realization, oh, this is Yoda. It's brilliant. But if you watch one through six, you know it's Yoda. Like, oh, hey, Yoda. Oh, I've been wondering what happened to Yoda. Exactly. Oh, he's playing. He's kidding around. Oh, oh. why does he? Why does he look like a puppet? Right. You know, that's <laughs> you know, that's that's the thing that, that will upset everyone. And to and to quickly address the um, the thing about the backstory. Yeah, there's this total. George Lucas is a a good storyteller, and good story, storytellers are huge pathological liars. Yes. So he has this this thing where he's like, "Oh, I planned everything out." No, he totally didn't. But what the backstory that he does have is mostly in episode three. So I think maybe that's why the movie is a bit better because he actually did write out all the stuff about mm-hmm. how, you know, the dark side takes over stuff about Gungans and so forth. That was just, yeah. you know, he's like, that's filler to get you to episode three. Basically. Exactly. He's, he's got it. It's there's 
which what really kills me and that's not a lot of us in the first the first trilogy is the amount of political goings on the the, the dealings that they, they have to talk about politics they have to deal with it it's really really you know slow and overwrought and it's just it works a little bit better in the third one but the first two all this political stuff it's like who cares mm-hmm. like i mean give me jedis man what get us to anakin turning evil and all the political stuff which is involved in it just doesn't really doesn't really pan out until this one and it's it's um I don't know I'm just I'm conflicted on it because it's good but it's not it's not that good it's a prequel <laughs> film done that's all I'm gonna say honestly one thing that still doesn't sit right with me is the idea that they're trying to hide Luke and Leia so they stick Luke with his relatives <laughs> that doesn't really make <laughs> any sense to me at all like it's like okay we're gonna we're gonna hide Leia you know with with these people over here on on Alderaan <laughs> okay you know they're not really connected not expecting to it. <laughs> but, but it's, why why does Luke live with you know Vader's brother his his is his, it, his is stepbrother it stepbrother I mean isn't that maybe one of the I don't know like he might check there well that, I think it's handled in the film Dan and I'm not gonna discuss it but it, it's 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 really... so poignantly displayed <laughs> in two of the most pedantic scenes I've ever watched in film history. Scenes that are so like grind you to a halt that oh yes we're oh yeah yeah it's like it's like I don't I, I wish he hadn't even put those scenes in. Like the problem with the Star Wars fan is we can't just have the dot dot dot. We can't have anything left open. You know, especially with these prequels. I think Lucas perpetuates it, and I think Star Wars fans would like to think they're very smart, and they're obviously not. We're stupid. We ha- we have to have everything spelt out. I think I we need it, to know yeah. where the Death Star comes from, because it couldn't just be that some engineer between episodes <laughs> this and this came up with it. No, no, no. That would be too much. I've got to see the schematics in episode two. It's so and they and these things just he could have he didn't have to show us where, like he could have cut those scenes out because we know that's what happens. And it would make it even maybe even more interesting if he wants to try to say watch one through you know six if he doesn't explain where they go. But of course he has to, and it's all horrible. Anyway, <laughs> you're listening to the Impact Movie Chat. We're winding down. Um, the phone lines are open four three two three eighty nine three. Dan and I have problems with episode three, but we both still liked it. So what are you gonna say? Yeah. Uh, we're talking about movies. Four three two three eighty nine three is the phone number. Give us a call. Um, I mentioned the topic tonight, which we haven't actually discussed, so we'll we'll just kind of do it very quickly. Um, we're winding down to our final show, which is next week. So next week we should have a great uh, action-filled, star-studded uh, show um, for the most part. We're going to bring back some old panelists. It'll be excellent. We'll have a lot of prizes to give out, which is always great. But we're winding down with some of our, our favorite uh, topics. Ours for the night is movies you love that everyone hates, movies you hate that everyone loves. Uh, next week's topic will be the always famous... If I had the money, what movie would I make? Uh, so that's a that's one of our favorites, where we get to pitch our idea for our very own movie. Um, those it's always a good one. So get your thinking caps on. What movie would you make? What story has been gestating in your brain for years? And if given twenty million, one hundred and fifty million, you name the price, what would you make? But let's start off with movies you love, everyone hates. Andy. Oh well, gonna, I looked at Dan, but I'm gonna go with Andy. Well, I don't know. There's always a uh, 1941, uh, which has which has a pretty bad reputation. <laughs> oh, it was, God. You know, it's it's come to be known as Spielberg's big flop, and nobody likes it or whatever. I actually think that movie's really funny, and uh, Toshiro Mifune's in it, and I like him. Mm. I didn't know Toshiro Mifune was in it. I haven't seen oh, yeah. 1941. And Christopher Lee. Yeah. There you go. Good stuff. And I think. And Belushi. And Belushi. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Belushi. There, that's all you need to try Fectus. That's a movie you love that everyone hates, and 
that is a you know much. Uh, it's a much maligned movie oh, in, in, definitely, definitely. in film history. Yeah. All right. Do you have any others? Oh, I have, I have a plethora of others. Kick, kick out. Just do it. We're, we're at the end of the show. So well, I don't know. Recently, there's Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Granted, nice. not everybody necessarily hates the movie except you, Brad. But uh, <laughs> most people are just indifferent, but I love it. Oh, no, I no, think no, it's great. No, no, no. Most people haven't seen it. There's a difference. <laughs> that's, that's the well, difference. Well, those who have seen it in general are indifferent. <laughs> okay. All except right. for Brad Brooks, who hates I, it. I've cooled off on it. I'm, okay. I'm, I just, just don't like it. That's my. I don't hate it, but go ahead. All right, there's others. Um, I'll give it up for Ridley Scott, uh, Hannibal, and Matchstick Men. Uh, while they're not great movies, I I do enjoy them very much. Uh, there's also a movie called Enemy at the Gates, with Rachel Weisz and Jude Law, which also is not a great movie, but I enjoy it. I can go with you on that one. It has probably for film. Yes, the greatest love scene in in you know, not love, sex scene. <laughs> that's not love that they're making. Okay, that's dirty it's, in a bunker sex. Hey, it's it can be dirty sometimes. You know that's okay. That's the loving. It's all right. All right. What else you got for us? What else do I got? Oh, there's the cell, the movie <laughs> the cell from uh, East Indian director Tarasim Singh. Uh, a lot of people hate that movie, but I really like it. Especially if you're an art history student or a student of of art in any in any capacity, there's a lot of little references to uh, rather obscure artists in that. Nice. So little little something for the ladies, something fun for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know if people in general dislike the Hulk, but I I really enjoyed that. They do Ang- in they general. Do? They okay, do. So, all right. Well, I like Phil, the Hulk. Phil and my old roommate Brady aside, they do. Okay. Continue. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I enjoyed that. Very different take on a on a Marvel superhero. And, um, yeah, I'll stop there. Okay, I'll, that just, sounds good. Yeah. Reverend? Uh, yeah. Um, Day of the Dead, probably the, uh, that's the one part of the Romero Dead trilogy that nobody likes. Uh, and it, myself included, I, I was really disappointed in it when I first saw it. And watched it again, now I kind of like it. So, I'll give that a thumbs up. I, right. I enjoy Day of the Dead. Uh, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on the radio. I really don't like Forrest Gump. So, you know, that's kind of an easy target, but yeah, why not? Don't like Forrest Gump. That's what you should do. Because everyone loves it. Yeah. Well, not us, but everyone out there, our parents, by the way, enjoy this movie, love this movie, and no, there's nothing wrong with hating Forrest Gump, dude. Nothing wrong at all. So, I don't know. uh, I'll stick with those for now. I I feel those are pretty solid. A big one that that I like that uh, that everyone... uh, doesn't or that critics were really so so on and lost a lot of money was the Hudsucker Proxy, uh, Coen Brothers movie that just kind of slid through the cracks and no one really knows. But uh, I really enjoy that movie um, a lot compared to their, their last two films, which have really been it's a lot know, better than, than hated. I think Hudsucker is one of those. I'll give you that, that. I think it's one of their best. I, I would okay. say Lebowski's probably I think my my favorite. But I I'm a big fan of Hudsucker Proxy. Um, recent movie I thought was cute, which critics really hated, was a lot like Love. Um, and I, I thought it was a cute movie. I, I don't know. I'll go to bat for it on, on, on that level. Um, movies I hate that everyone loves. Anyone who knows me, uh, knows one gangs of New York, which uh, we dedicated an episode of this show to. Um, another is, uh, is mystic river. I, I, I think mystic river is a, a terrible movie and I've met almost nobody who's ever agreed with me on that one. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, I don't know. So those are, those are a few for me. Those are a few for you. Okay. Um, I, I threw at the top of the hour. This is a topic we we brought back when we haven't had a lot of time. I'm just going to mention a couple and Shrek one and two, of course, to kick it off. America, I don't even understand what you're doing. Uh, a movie I hate, but I, but in the, but we've talked about this and this is going to bring a smile to both the Reverend and the Keister. 
Napoleon Dynamite. And that's for Dan. We're, we're, we're closing up shop. That's I wasn't going to say anything, Brad, but... but no, no, okay. no, I'm All going right. to. I hate that movie. A lot of people love it, including Dan Messina. Dan loves it. And, and you thought we might get off the air. Yeah, we do our last show, and I'd never, never mention it again. Well, you were wrong. Napoleon Dynamite. That movie sucks. Okay. A movie I love. <laughs> Good flick. That I'm not, I guess I don't feel like everyone hates, but everyone's just incredibly indifferent. Steven Soderbergh's Solaris. Yeah, like that, Solaris. that was the, like Sky Captain. Nobody saw it. Nobody saw it. And I guess for me, like that was like my number two movie of that year. I really just love that movie for some known reason. Maybe it's my crush on George Clooney. But I really, really like that movie. I own it on D- DVD. And it was either just like, I get, I get a massive indifference. It's like, eh, whatever. And a lot of people just downright hate it because it is pretty much a, a, just a knockoff of Kubrick's 2001. So I, I'm just going to throw those out there. We have a call. Call, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? Oh, not too bad. This is Brody again. I just called about uh, about the Star Wars thing. All right. But, very um, short, Brody. Keep it cold. Yeah. I, um, I like, uh, well, I think Napoleon Dynamite, the movie sucked, but I think it's a lot funnier when other people quote it. I um, totally agree with that. I totally <laughs> agree with that. I think it's funny when people uh, quote it. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I like the sound. Visually, awesome movie. Plot line, lots of holes, but oh well, you know. And um, I don't know if, how many people really hate this movie, but I've always been a big fan of Repo Man as well. Oh, Re- nice. I hate Repo Man. I love oh, Repo Man. There you go. <laughs> Brody, good choice. Thanks for giving us a call, man. All right? Hey, no problem. All right. Man. We are done. Not officially forever, but we we'll just want to remind you, thanks for giving us a call. Um, next week is our final show. We wrap it up after three years, and uh, we're going to have some giveaways. We'll have some old panelists on, and uh, I will unfortunately have to say goodbye to my friends. And uh, so next week, I want you to come back for the final Impact Movie Chat. Uh, it's here at 7 o'clock. Always the same bat time, same bat channel. Why don't you stick around? The basement's up next. You like local music. I know you do. It's a great show. Stick around. They're going to rock you in just about 15 seconds. Because first I want to say, for Dan Messina, the Reverend Phil, Andy Keast, I'm Brad Brooks. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.